stepping on eggshells because we can't talk about stuff or somebody's going to get hurt or it's uncomfortable isn't actually creating safety. It's a false sense of safety. And we're not actually being for each other's success in that model. And then the second piece is that in terms of co-founders, I believe that if the co-founders are willing to take on the perspective that personal work with each other is part of the up to, that's partially what they're up to in their relationship in order to succeed as a business, then having the context of that and the agreements around it can really support that relationship to thrive. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 52 of the Art of We podcast. We are going to be talking about secure functioning in business partnerships on this episode. And if you check out last episode, we talk about what we mean by secure functioning. And maybe we can just give a headline of that here so we can catch you up in case you didn't listen to it. Will, do you think you could jump in and give a headline about secure functioning and what we mean by that? Sure. As a headline overview, there are three phases in any relationship, feeling connected, going through a what we call a rupture or a disconnection, and then repairing the disconnection and coming back into connection. So secure functioning is a kind of experience where we trust that all three phases of relationship are necessary for growth and deepening. And we don't experience a tremendous amount of anxiety about ruptures. Yeah. Because we're confident that the repair will occur in a good way. Yeah. That's such an important part of that. And so secure functioning, and another way to talk about it is doing the work on ourselves so that when we're in partnership, we are relating with our partner from mostly an adult perspective instead of our younger parts and or we're working out the younger parts issues inside of the relationship so we can get to the adult, you know, more secure functioning. Right. So there's a lot of aspects to secure functioning, but those are the headlines. And it's really important in any kind of partnership, if you're wanting to have a kind of partnership that is fulfilling, is generative, is creative, is continuing to grow with each other. And obviously, if you've been listening to The Art of We, we really stand for relationships that have the capacity to develop and grow into the most extraordinary kind of partnership possible. That's what we geek out about, <laughs> is how relationships can be stronger and stronger over time and optimize the joy and the expression that we can put forth into the world. Yes. And so this episode, we're going to be talking about business partnership. Now, there has been a lot of conversations out in the world about securely functioning as a couple, an intimate relationship. And what we're recognizing 
through our own experience and through a big part of what we stand for is that secure functioning and business partnership is equally as important as a couple, I would say, if you're attempting to really do and co-create something amazing in the world. Right. In this analogy, the the idea is that if there are two co-founders and there's an idea to bring forward into the world, it's as if the the idea that will eventually become a business is is a baby that the two parents are responsible for getting off the ground. Yes. And our view is that the success of the business, getting the baby off the ground, so to speak, is directly correlated to the success of the partnership. And this could apply to co-founders. It could apply to business partnerships, mostly where it's more kind of an equal level of participation in terms of decision-making and power and collaboration. Of course, all of these principles can be applied to different relationships in different ways. So we don't want to exclude anybody who's listening who's not in a business partnership. You can definitely get a lot from this episode anyway. But we're specifically talking about two people who are attempting to create or birth something in the world, like you were saying. I'm curious, as you reflect on your work with C-suite executives over many years in your coaching practice, what are some of the, do you, can you think of any examples of ways that people you coached showed insecure functioning patterns in the way that they related to each other? Totally. I mean, I think that there's a perception that someone is highly functional if they're not feeling like they have to address all of the issues between each other. And they can sweep them under the rug and they can just move forward and they can put it behind them. And But what I see is when people are thinking that that's the perspective of we're functional when we can keep business and personal issues separate. Like that's one of the mindsets that I've come across everywhere, <laughs> honestly, is this kind of bumping up against that mindset. And But what I see inside of that mindset is that there is a lot of insecure functioning, actually, because there's fear about speaking straight, there's fear about ruffling feathers, there's misalignments, there are resentments that have built up over time that they're not willing to address because they have the filters of, oh, this is just the way it is, they're never going to change. They're not actually doing the work together to create a secure functioning partnership. So when I'm coaching executives and I really get in there with them, I get to see underneath the layers of their psychology where they can't or won't actually address the things that would be addressed inside of a secure functioning partnership. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. And I think what we want to emphasize here is that this is a skill set. This is a set of tools and skills that is 100% something you can learn. And I think it's interesting. And it, again, it makes total sense that in, in a work environment, you would think that the ideal situation is to keep, quote unquote, personal interactions out of the way of realizing the mission or fulfilling the deadline or the goal or, or whatnot. But the avoidance of dealing with these interpersonal experiences that, you know, let's face it, as human beings, interpersonal experiences don't feel good sometimes and we need to deal with that. So sweeping it under the rug and dismissing it is something that, you know, it seems like a recipe for automatic um, accrual of distrust and resentment over time. 
Totally. And it's so similar. I mean, you can map it exactly onto a intimate relationship. You know, it's like, how functional do you want to be in your partnerships? And I know for you and me, if we're not doing the work, meaning addressing all the things together and actually being a team there and supporting each other, then we're going to be at some point down the line, pretty divergent in our connection and our ideas and our, what we're up to together. So for the business people in the audience who might be skeptical about this approach to relationships in the workplace, how does this approach around secure functioning differ from getting lost in endless processing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like too much endless analysis of the quality of the relationship with your business partner or someone else at work. Yeah, that is a huge concern of many people. And I would say that first and foremost, it's important for each co-founder to want to have this kind of relationship. Like what are they up to in their business relationship? And if they can see that the level of security and success for their business partnership will equate to more security and success for their businesses, then perhaps they can try on the perspective that addressing the ruptures and the misunderstandings and this misalignments between them on an ongoing basis and not letting things accrue up, that they're actually going to become more successful. So it's kind of like slow down to speed up perspective of like, let's slow down to figure out what's happening between us so that we can stay more connected. When we're more connected, we know we can be more creative. We can work better as a team. We can see more opportunities. We can see more possibilities. We can be generative, all these qualities. So there is a balance of managing personal content, but that's why there are people out there to support getting in there with you and helping you both pull apart the pieces that need to be addressed. And I would also say that what's really important is the perspective of taking responsibility. If you and I had a perspective that we don't need to be responsible for our own personal work in order to show up with each other, then we would probably get into endless processing. Like if I identify something about myself that's holding me back from being able to have a secure functioning relationship with you, then I better take responsibility for that and do my work around it so I can show up better with you. And if we're getting into endless yeah. spiraling around processing, then potentially we're getting stuck on something that we just need some support on. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm curious if you would agree with this. I think there's a, there's another piece here that I think is prevalent in our culture and more and more prevalent is that the workplace is supposed to be a workplace where we don't have our values challenged or we don't have uncomfortable experiences with each other. And you hear these phrases like safe workspaces and things like that. Mm. And it strikes me as promoting an idea of fragility mm. rather than embracing the challenge of not just the business goals and reaching those in a efficient way, but also embracing the personal, interpersonal, relational development pieces that need to be addressed for success and satisfaction to occur in the workplace. It seems like to me that a lot of people go to work not expecting or not prepared for the personal growth challenges that you're talking about. And and I agree with you that the natural outgrowth of that is a lack of responsibility. 
and a tendency to blame other people for the kind of experience you're having at work. Yeah, well, I would say two things to that. One is that to create an environment where there's actual safety requires that we have agreements about how we're going to be relating together. To me, stepping on eggshells because we can't talk about stuff where somebody's going to get hurt or it's uncomfortable isn't actually creating safety. It's a false sense of safety. And we're not actually being for each other's success in that model. So we'll be talking more about agreements in the workplace too. And then the second piece is that in terms of co-founders, I believe that if the co-founders are willing to take on the perspective that personal work with each other is part of the up to, that's partially what they're up to in their relationship in order to succeed as a business, then having the context of that and the agreements around it can really support that relationship to thrive. And I think what you're asking is a really good question about fragility. I think it, I think there's, there's a lot in that question, but I would just say those two things up front. Yeah. I'm, I'm appreciating the, the way that you frame the opportunity of co-founding a business as a huge opportunity for personal development and relational development. If you're willing to take the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine doing business any other way than using it as a tool to help me grow as a leader, as a human being, as a partner. But I know not everybody views it that way. And I think it's a missed opportunity when we don't see it that way personally. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about the downsides, again, of not choosing a secure functioning partnership and staying inside of a more of an insecure type of partnership. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance, and now back to the episode. Welcome back. We are going to get into some of the downsides of staying in a partnership that is less secure or not attempting to create the kind of secure functioning partnership that we're talking about. I can think of one right off the bat. What's that? I know that when in any relationship, when I'm feeling that there's more insecurity there, like we're not addressing the ruptures, we're not addressing the impacts, we're not addressing the relational pieces and completely doing it, I feel like the thing that's dominating a lot of the thinking is, is she going to be upset? Is he going to be upset? Are they going to be upset? What happens if, no, I can't bring that because blah, blah, blah. Like there's all of this kind of negotiating around what's going to happen inside the relationship versus the capacity to be like, oh, well, what about this opportunity for our business? What about going down this route? Like the, the creativity and generativity gets blocked because we're so clouded by what's happening inside of the partnership rather than what can be available for the business. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like a, a way that we completely unbeknownst to ourselves. So these themes happen generally outside of awareness, but we're limiting the possibilities of what can happen in the business partnership. If we're avoiding talking about ruptures or misunderstandings or things that didn't feel good to us. And so what can actually happen for the business and the expression of the mission mm. is limited by the quality of the relationship of the founders. Right. We're talking about founders here specifically because, first of all, if you're working for a company and you have a manager, let's say it's a big company, and the culture is a culture of avoiding these difficult conversations and not having agreements with your manager about like, I get to bring to my manager that that didn't feel good to me when you did that or whatever, then we're not speaking to that person right now because taking a stand for a culture change, if you're a cog on a huge machine that hasn't embraced these agreements as from the top down, from the founders or the, you know, the C-suite down, is really obviously not a great approach for that individual because you might be regarded as a problem in the company. But we're talking about people who are in a position to set the culture in the company that they create. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for that person that you're talking about, it's just it's a lot harder to attempt cultural change from a place of like pushing it upstream. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, with the co-founders, we get to actually set the stage and decide for ourselves how we're going to do our relationship and model how we're doing relationship for the people who are working inside the company. Right. And just if you look at your own other partnerships in life, for example, when you and I are in a, a thing, like whether it's a rupture or it's a perceived threat to something that's going on in our lives, it's really hard to be in touch with the bigger vision and the bigger picture and the bigger blessing of who we are and what we're up to together. Yeah, that's for sure. But when we clear the air and we reconnect and we're in gratitude and we're finding our way into more of a team perspective, the possibilities open back up again. So that's why it's so important here inside of a co-founder relationship. Absolutely. It's kind of like um, if there's some even subtle level of threat in our nervous system because we're not on the same page with our co-founder or there's something that hasn't been talked about. It's really hard to be as complete in our creative process yeah. about what's next for the company because the threat response and creativity don't live together in the same place in the mind. Exactly. Which is another aspect of the disadvantage of somebody who's not practicing a more secure functioning partnership, which is that likely there isn't a real-time feedback about our blind spots with each other because it's too scary or challenging to challenge each other. So in a more secure functioning partnership with agreements in the context of this, we can support each other in seeing our blind spots. And if we're really interested in growing and we can see that these blind spots are, oh yeah, that's the place where I want to grow we can actually step into another level of leadership for ourselves. But in a less secure partnership, most likely we're not saying, hey, I really want to talk to you about an area that I feel like we can both grow in. And are you willing to talk about that? In a way, it's like taking a stand for the quality of our lived experience at work and having it be 
as expressive and creative as possible and as free and joyful as possible. And just speaking from my own experience, like when I'm avoiding what I'm anticipating is going to be a challenging conversation Mm -hmm. with Keith, Mm -hmm. with our business partner, I find myself going into places in the business where I'm just punching out tasks that need to be done that are that are rote and repetitive tasks mm-hmm. that sometimes when I notice that there's something I need to talk about with Keith, I notice it because I'm, I've gone into my age old habit of just putting my head down and banging out tasks that need to be banged out. And if you're not onto yourself, you could think that you're doing something productive right. and helpful for the business. But asking the question as a founder, what is the most effective, most helpful thing I could be doing and delegating off the things that are not requiring the visionary leadership is really important to maximize what your contribution is to the organization. Mm-hmm. And so I offer that because I, I imagine that there are probably other founders and co-founders out there listening who can relate to kind of diverting your attention more toward working in the business because it's quote unquote helpful instead of turning around and having the difficult conversation so you can get back into the visionary state, the creative state. Right. And like you pointed out, if we can't bring our full self to the table with our business partner and come to them and say, hey, like I think I'm getting stuck in these details versus what I feel like I really should be doing. You know, if we can't come to each other like that, then we're very limited in how much we're going to be able to grow. Like I feel like, you know, I've, I've experienced leaders even getting into concern about, well, if I, you know, want to step into more of my visionary self and I want to bring these other aspects forward, then I'm afraid my business partner is going to think that I'm just being lazy or I don't want to do my job or all these other reasons why they couldn't have this conversation. And another part of, I think, the secure functioning partnership is a commitment to supporting each other's greatest expression, which means that we're bringing our greatest gifts to the table, which means that we're likely going to be able to feed those into the business and grow it in ways that we couldn't do if we're holding ourselves back from each other. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of a miracle that anything gets done at all <laughs> <laughs> in the world, to be honest. <laughs> when I was full-time consulting and traveling a lot, I was always in the like, I can't believe how much this company is getting done in the face of how much dysfunction there is relationally. Like major heads of departments being so divergent and misaligned and holding resentments and still they were able to get stuff done, which is extraordinary. So you think about what happens when those heads come together and they're like, actually figuring out how they're on the same team, they're cleaning up the resentments. I mean, this happened over and over again. What Mm -hmm. can actually happen when we are aligned in a team and clearing up resentments? It's like putting the pedal to the metal, like so much more can happen. Anyway, I get excited about it, but totally. Absolutely. Totally agree with what you're saying. How do things get done? (laughs) Well, these patterns of insecure attachment and insecurity in relationship are so prevalent. There's so much what the norm is as we grow up and exit our family of origin and we go out into the world to form adult relationships, almost all of us are completely clueless about how imprinted we are 
from our experience as children with our families and our parents of what is possible and what kind of relationships am I worthy of or what can happen for me in my life. And then you start creating these relationships, you know, often in your 20s. And and then if you're paying attention, you start to see patterns and you're like, oh, I'm the X, Y, or Z in, in, in my partnership. Mm-hmm. I'm the doormat or I'm the dominant person or I'm the one who can't take feedback or I'm the one who always capitulates and gives in to, you know, go along to get along or whatever the role is you play, you start to see the the patterns. And then of course you get in the workplace and you're going to see yourself navigating reality in the way that you learned how to navigate. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just something that we have to grow out of if we're going to be able to have the kind of life's lives that are possible for us as humans. So that's what we're talking about, I think, right? Totally. I mean, even whether it's two co-founders or a whole company, we are all coming into a business relationship with different lessons and learnings of what it means to be in relationship. And so even, for example, speaking straight, there's a concept in the collaborative way called speaking straight. And it's about speaking in a way that's honest and also moving things forward. So it's not like we're making the situation worse by how we're speaking. We're, you know, being honest and forwarding. And when people hear the term speaking straight, if they didn't have the context of what that meant, that means many different things to many different people. And so it's like everybody comes in with different ways and ideas of how to be in a relationship. And if we're not talking about them and we're not creating the context and agreements, then it's like we're all coming from a foreign land in a certain way, trying to actually get along and do something extraordinary, but it's very challenging to do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a juicy conversation and super rich. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about secure functioning and business partnership in the next couple episodes or so. And so we hope that you, if you're interested, you continue to join us in those episodes that will be coming next. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We.